Welcome back to the Kapower Hour. I'm Lauren Powell. And I'm Sean Casey. And we are the, the Kapows. Kapow! One of the questions that we get asked over and over uh, from you guys is what was our pregnancy journey like? What was our conception, our road to conception? What was the conception like? <laughs> no. Sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> wasn't sure I really wanted to talk about it ever, but we're going to... We're going to talk about it this time. Okay. Should I just come out and say it? Sure. So this was our third pregnancy. We had two others. That didn't work out. But we're very happy to be here where we are right now. Yeah. I think it's something that a lot of people have had happen to them, um, but don't generally talk about it. Let's back up. First, I guess, just to make sure that there is no confusion, this current pregnancy, this current baby is very healthy. We just had a doctor's appointment checkup. Like, everything with this pregnancy is very healthy. I think part of that, because this pregnancy is going so well, I do feel okay. Like, I am ready to talk about the two other pregnancies that didn't go so well. So, this is not about this pregnancy. This pregnancy is going very well. Our first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage... That wasn't even on our radar. Actually, but I guess like I should say both of these, both of the previous, our experiences with the two pregnancy losses, what happened, neither of those were on, were on our radar. Mm-hmm. Let's go even further back with like okay. ovulation. So we started trying it. The first time we got pregnant, it took us like seven, seven or eight months. Yeah. It wasn't like a fertility thing. It was a, figuring out ovulation tracking Mm -hmm. thing yeah which nobody really prepares you for it's hard to track your ovulation it's barbaric the system that we use is just a little piece of paper a little strip that you pee on and you look at the lines and you hope it's dark and then you wait till there's two like how have we not technology has not advanced yeah it's kind of wild ovulation (laughs) tracking and you can like check your temperature every day, but I tried that. That's come on, that's so hard to keep up with. I think it's just crazy that in high school they make it seem like you can get pregnant at any moment. And it's like <laughs> after going through this, it's like, how does anyone get pregnant ever? ever? <laughs> yeah. So our our first like trying journey was really about figuring out my ovulation was because it's you know, the we used an app tracker and all of the data and all the stats in all of those trackers are based on a standard 28-day female cycle where the woman ovulates on day 14. If you are any older, like the older you get, the different your cycle, your ovulation, it all just like is not a statistic. It's that everyone is so different. So the data and the stats and all the predictions, they would be, you know, I'm sitting there like on day 14, like, what the heck? I can't find, it doesn't, I don't know, maybe I'm testing wrong. Let's just do this blindly. (laughs) So we were basically for the first seven tries missing my ovulation window entirely because I actually, when we finally did, it did work out, we realized my ovulation was happening on like day 18. Mm -hmm. And we were trying on days like 10 through 14 (laughs) And then stopping. So weren't even in the right window, didn't realize it. And I think for the first few months, we weren't like super serious about it too. It was like, oh, if we miss, we miss. We're not, you know, this is going to take some time. There was no like urgency about it. Yeah. Totally. So like figuring out ovulation was this first hurdle. If I had any advice for anyone, it would be start tracking your ovulation long before you want to start trying. Just so you know what your cycle is like, what Mm -hmm. your body is like, what day what happens, you can start like noticing symptoms that happen on the days that you can figure out like your ovulation window, the patterns and anyway. So I wish, if anything, I just wish I had started tracking ovulation sooner, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Uh, In the grand scheme of things, six, seven months, not that long Mm -hmm. to, you know, finally get pregnant. So we get pregnant. This is when, and I, when I told our when I told our birth, like baby announcement story and on one of the first podcast episodes we did, I said that when I found out I was pregnant with this pregnancy, you were on a bachelor party. The truth is that story was about our first pregnancy because with this pregnancy, 
you stop like coming up with these creative ways to Mm -hmm. like tell your partner and like every pregnancy test is just like I just came out immediately well yeah and it's just like I don't want to celebrate this thing that may not even be real again because I've celebrated before and it didn't Mm -hmm. work out so it's all about like managing my expectations so with this pregnancy I did not I did not have a cute story about how I told you so you know anyway back to the the first pregnancy that's the one where you were on a bachelor party mm-hmm. um and when i found out and so i had to wait two days for you to come home to tell you because i didn't want to like call you in the middle of a bachelor party and be like hey you're <laughs> gonna be a dad mm-hmm. um so then that's also when you came home and i surprised you with the pregnancy test taped to the white claw that's from that and a lot of people ask to see that video and i've never showed it because it's two years old at this point Mm -hmm. um anyway so that was that uh then we went to it was right before we were set to go on vacation for our anniversary right so we found out we we went to maui that's when we went to maui that was my first experience not drinking on a vacation. Yeah, we even filmed a really cute little video with a bartender asking if you wanted to drink, and you say no, and then we like looked at the camera. So that's how you wanted to like tell our parents. Let's send that video to them. So we didn't because we were just going to hold on to that until we made it to our eight week appointment. Um, but we spent the whole vacation not drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when literally we come back from Hawaii from that trip. It was time for my eight-week appointment within, like, three or four days. Um, So we go into the appointment, and, you know, I'm a pretty... This pregnancy has definitely changed me. Mm -hmm. Made me feel, like, a lot more, like, nurturing. Prior to this pregnancy, though, I think I was, like, pretty, like, blasé about... The getting pregnant and the mm-hmm. and it like I was excited about like having a child, um, but being pregnant I wasn't like, oh okay I'm a mom now I wasn't like, oh I I have this thing I need to take care mm-hmm. of I was like it is a bunch of cells right now, you know I wasn't like attached to it, yeah as much as I am obviously I, that I am now um anyway so going into that first appointment. miscarriage wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. Um, There weren't, like, I didn't have any, there's so many different ways you can have miscarriages. And mine, I think, was called, like, a missed miscarriage, which basically means, uh, so they go to do the ultrasound. And I'm, like, making jokes. I'm, like, is it that little bean? Like, oh, it looks like a bean or whatever. And not even thinking that, like, bad news could be coming, that this was, Mm -hmm. like, a make or break moment. Wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, I think... Well, you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. so we had, this was our first, first doctor's visit, you yeah. know, we're eight weeks in, you know, it's like technically you're pregnant, but like obviously nothing about you has changed. Yeah. So I think we just went in. Just, miscarriage just was not yeah. on my mind. I mean, we, like I knew miscarriage was a possibility, but I didn't think about it at that point. Yeah. You know, I guess in my mind, miscarriages happen later. <laughs> and in my mind, yeah. miscarriages happen. Yeah. And I had no, no symptoms, like nothing had happened to my body for to indicate anything so Mm -hmm. they do the ultrasound and the doctor is pretty quiet as i'm joking about beans and then she's like you know unfortunately i don't see a heartbeat yeah and then i was like oh okay and this still wasn't like a heartbreaking moment for me yet Mm -hmm. i was like okay i just kind of like i think i like got really it like sobered me and i was like oh okay what do we do now? Mm-hmm. What are the next steps? Yeah, what does let's, that mean? Yeah. You know, let's move on. Uh, you know, I wish I could say that like that miscarriage, that I, it was something that was like easy to just brush off, but it's what happened like after the miscarriage that really made that like more of like a traumatic, mm-hmm. awful experience. So she has, the doctor has like another doctor come in and do another ultrasound they have to have like two people confirm there's no no heartbeat um and then they give me my options 
And I'm told, I was just like, how do we move on the fastest? Because I was like, I just want to try again immediately. Yep. Let's, I don't want to dilly dally. I don't want to take time to grieve. This is, this, in my mind, I was like, okay, everyone says this happens. It happened. Let's move on. How do we do that as fast as possible? And so they tell me the fastest way would be to take these, um, pills that basically pass the miscarriage for you. Cause at this point, remember I had no symptoms. It was just a missed miscarriage. It was just in there without a heartbeat and my body wasn't passing it yet. So you can pass it naturally, but it could take weeks. And I was like, I don't, I want to get back, mm-hmm. back in the saddle, you know, as fast as possible. So I didn't want to wait weeks to do it naturally. The, if I wanted to do it, like to have a procedure where they go in and take it out, it was going to take a week to get that done. So they were like the fastest way possible is to take these pills right now and it'll pass in 24 hours yep and then sooner it passes the sooner your cycle comes back all that and they really sort of just presented these as two equal options yeah they did not really go into the details about what it meant to take those right you know they said there might be some discomfort um they were yeah very nonchalant about it yeah they do not describe what's going to happen to me or what could happen um when you take these pills, they just were like, it'll pass your, it'll pass them. This is the fastest way to pass the miscarriage. So we take the pills. Um, and then I, I didn't take the pills. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I took the pills and we go home and we're like, you know, prepping for whatever this is going to feel like. And then after like maybe two hours, two hours in, I started to get like bad cramps and then about like, and so I, I took just like Advil. They were like, you know, if you have any pain, just take ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. So that was my like pain management. So I was taking ibuprofen. It wasn't working. Um, then about like four hours in, it got really bad. And I was throwing up for the, the pain was so bad. I was throwing up. I, I like thought we needed to go to the ER. I was in so much pain that it was like, like just lying in the, on the bathroom floor and like it was like the cramps were coming in waves mm-hmm. and I realized that like you want some tissue <sighs> I realized that my body was having contractions because mm-hmm. these cramps were coming like every 30 seconds and they were really bad for like 10, 15 seconds. And I was like, how did nobody tell me that what these pills basically do is they force your body into labor to pass this miscarriage? Yeah. And I am in so much pain. And I'm just laying on the bathroom floor. And I'm like, am I like, is this what it's supposed they they told me nothing to where I'm like, should we be going to the ER? Am yeah. I having like an adverse reaction? And um, so we didn't, we didn't end up going anywhere. I just kind of wrote it out. Just like the most painful thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Um, and it was just, for me, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, you're just on the floor crying puking you know i'm giving you as much medication and towels and blankets and stuff but like i can't there's nothing to do you know you just have to go through this and so it was obviously very very traumatic for you and just very hard for me watching you go through this and just being angry that the doctors didn't prepare us for this Mm -hmm. you know literally said there might be some mild discomfort Mm -hmm. and it's like uh okay yeah i don't i don't know how that can be the description of what she's going through right now but and maybe it's my fault for not googling it i don't know but you expect your doctor to be more Mm -hmm. knowledgeable than google so then we go through that and that was on like a friday i have to go back in on tuesday to make sure that everything passed and I have a different OB. I went through like six different OBs during this process, which is like a rotating door of doctors. They were like, oh, okay, so you took the miso, I don't even know what it's called, but um, you took that, how'd it go? And I was like, I was like 
why did you, nobody, nobody told me how painful this was going to be. I was like, this is the worst pain I've ever been through. Nobody warned me. And they were like, oh yeah, well, um, this one Obi, she said pain is perceived differently by, di- by different women. Pain is perception. And I almost like stormed out of there. I was mm-hmm. like, are you, are you kidding? That's your response. Pain is perception. I perceived the pain. <laughs> then I had a nurse tell me, you know, oh, well, so, some women don't even feel it. So it's like, we don't really want to scare people. Like the, the, everyone had an excuse mm-hmm. for why nobody told me that it was going to be insanely painful. Yeah. And then, so they did an ultrasound. It did not all pass. I still had tissue. And so they wanted me to take the pills again. And I was like, (laughs) did you not hear me? Did you not hear what I just said? You want me to do that again? Are you crazy? Yeah. It was just very, very tone deaf. Like, it's like they weren't like listening to your story. Or they don't believe me. Yeah. I think it's just wild that like, they also didn't present the idea to you that, hey, the pills don't always work. And right. if they don't work, you either have to do it again or have the procedure that you could just have, you know, right now. Right. So that, to me, that was wild. It's just like they didn't explain no. the options at all. So after that, there was still tissue. They were like, you can wait and come back in a week, see if more passes. You can do the pills um, or we can do the procedure. And I was like, well... I guess I'll just wait. We had to go to a wedding. So I was like, maybe I'll like dance it out. The tissue, you know, <laughs> gravity will, will help me. That's how science works, right? Yeah, I don't know. So we go in and they're like, no, there's still tissue there. So at this point, in my mind, I just wanted to get back on track. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get this over with so that my cycle would return and we could try again immediately. And so every time we go back and there's still tissue in there, your my cycle was not going to come back. It was delaying it a week every time. And so at that point, I was like, at that point, I f- there was an OB that actually was amazing that we discovered. Um, and she was like, I think you should come back in two days and get the procedure and we'll just clear it out mm-hmm. um, and be done with it. And so. And she was like apologizing for what happened. Everyone else, for what everyone else did. Yeah. yeah. We finally got that taken care of. The procedure, by the way, takes you're, it took f- all of five minutes. There was like no downtime when I got home. Like that was mild discomfort. Talk mm-hmm. about my, I've had pap smears hurt more than that. Like, mm. like this was nothing by comparison. Um, there's risks associated with everything, obviously. Like you could get scar tissue and stuff from just any instruments in your uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. Thankfully, my my cycle returned immediately. They told me to wait one cycle before trying again, and we did. And then they also tell you you're like super fertile. Yeah, so you're much more likely to get pregnant again yeah, after a miscarriage because your uterus is like primed and prepped. Um, but in that time, so after that first miscarriage, more of the experience that was really bad for me was what was what people like said to console me, which. I is like everyone said, well, miscarriages are really common as if like that's supposed to make me feel better about this experience I just went through. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, did you have one? And they go, no, but it's like one in four women. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at four women. Am I the one you're telling me I'm in a room of four women and I'm the one like it's not that to me. That's not that common. And also car crashes are common. If someone gets in a car crash, do you go to make them feel better? Do you say, well, car crashes are pretty common. <laughs> Never thought about it like that. Yeah. Like that is not what anybody wants to hear when you've mm-hmm. just gone through. Like I'm, I still hate that if anyone listen, if like, if you think that that is what would console someone, don't say it. Don't say it. Say, I'm sorry. I don't know what your, I can't even imagine what your experience was like. I'm so sorry. That's, that's Mm -hmm. all. And that's it. The it's common. So that like downplays it. Nope. Don't, don't care how common it is. Like it does not feel common in that moment. Uh, it feels very lonely. Mm -hmm. 
so that was like just the most like belittling and condescending here thing to hear from people was like how well it's it's, it's very common so no <sighs> so after that we got pregnant like immediately after mm-hmm. you know waiting one cycle then we got pregnant immediately which was great but also like we weren't celebrating because we just went through this, you know, crazy experience where it's like, okay, now we know. You can't because we also like told people a little early. You know, we waited. I guess we didn't. We only told like very close friends, yeah. like the people that I wanted for support, mm-hmm. and then in that first, yep, in that first pregnancy. So in the second one, the first four weeks leading up to that first doctor's appointment, we're not celebrating. We're not even thinking. We're literally think I was just like, it's not real till, till I get a heartbeat, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And so we go and there is a heartbeat and we're like, okay, we did it. <laughs> we, we, we made it over the hurdle. <laughs> we can exhale. Yeah. Very naive. But how do you know that? Yeah. Like, you're just like, what are the chances? Right. That's, I just right. kept being like, okay. Fine. Yes. If you have one miscarriage, there are odds that you're more likely to have a second miscarriage than someone who's never going to had a miscarriage before. I knew all those stats, but once we made it past that eight week, that heartbeat, I know you're still in the miscarriage window, but I was just like, okay, it's not going to, it's not going to happen again to us. Like you never think mm-hmm. it's going to be you. And so that one we told, we still were like pretty hesitant about telling people but i think we told family around like 10 weeks yeah which still was very early and we were like hey we're not quite celebrating like please nobody get excited yet we need to make it to our next weeks. appointment which yeah. is like 14 or something 14 weeks okay um and it's hard to tell parents and try to tell them like don't get excited we're not we're not trying to get our hopes up still mm-hmm. so it's just like all these things that, that make pregnancy you're supposed to be excited about and happy in, in all this journey, and then it, you're not. Like, I... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, like, human emotion, right? You're just protecting yourself yeah. from the possible negative outcome. Yeah. So then, because of my age, we elected to do early genetic testing. <sighs> and um, we were, like, 12 weeks in at that point. And we got the results from my blood work came back. There were genetic abnormalities. And it was like, they were like 99% certain that that it was accurate and that it would be a non-viable baby, non-viable pregnancy. And so... Which again, was just... Not on our radar. Not on our radar. You know, it's like one of those things where they're like, hey, you know, there's a less than 3% chance of this happening. And so like in my mind, I'm like, okay and you know yeah. you just don't ever consider that it you could be the, the one of the people in the three percent or you know whatever percentage it was but yeah so we had to, so the blood work and then they make you do more invasive tests to really confirm which yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah glad uh, to do the more work mm-hmm. and so once they triple confirmed with the, all the different tests it was and at that point we had told family we had told ex- like f- more even more friends like it felt like we made it to 12 weeks and that felt like the number that you're supposed to wait before you tell your inner circle. Mm -hmm. And so we had just told a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, and it was mostly me because I was like, I want to tell people and you're like, no, let's wait. And I'm like, no, (laughs) what can go wrong? Let's tell people. So that's my fault. So then uh, that one was much more heartbreaking of like a, like with the first pregnancy, what happened after the miscarriage and during the miscarriage, like all of that was heartbreaking and but, tra- traumatic yeah. because of, but not necessarily like the, the miscarriage itself. I didn't have any emotion towards yet. Yeah. Well, cause it's like, you just didn't feel pregnant. You know, it didn't feel yeah. real anyways. The second one, making it to 12 weeks, um, telling people mm-hmm. start, I started a name list. Yeah. That one was really like, that one was hard. And then the part that got like, the hardest part for me was just this like, 
how many people we had to like tell mm-hmm. that it didn't work out. It's like, it's not that I was like embarrassed. It's not like a shameful thing. It's just like. You don't want to relive that over and over. You know, every time you have to tell someone you're reliving that. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want everybody's I'm sorry's. Mm-hmm. And then I was actually, I was embarrassed that we told so many people early, early at 12 weeks doesn't even seem early, but I was embarrassed that we told so many people. That's what I was embarrassed about. Not like embarrassed that this happens. Cause I know there should, there should be no shame with like anything that happens in pregnancy, but I was embarrassed that we thought that we thought we made it through. And then, you know, because it was like in the middle of COVID, this was 2022 at that point, beginning of 2022, I have to have a procedure done um, where they put me under. So I have to, this one isn't like an in-office visit. I have to go to the hospital. I have to go into an OR and they don't allow anyone to come with me. And so it's this idea that like it takes two people to get pregnant, but I'm the one who has to go through it alone. It's like, it it just like re there's so much about pregnancy that is just like, it all comes down to the woman. It all falls on the woman. And you could be, you are the most supportive partner I could have ever asked for. But it's happening to my body. Uh And so there was all of that. And then for them to be like, he has to wait in the car. He can't come in. Like to the waiting room. They didn't even let you in the hospital. Yeah. I was just like, I felt so like alone and frustrated. It's just, it's just like to me, it's not fair. You contributed. It was your baby. You are technically a patient as well. Like the f- you not getting to come in with me was so, I just felt, I just hated like everything. I just felt like <laughs> completely abandoned. And so that was part, like, all of these emotions going through. I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't no. want anyone's condolences. I don't want to talk about this with anyone. <laughs> so the traumatizing part for that one was, like, I it left me feeling just so bitter. Yeah. I was so bitter about just how everything comes down to the woman. It just made me just like so resentful of anatomy of just like, (laughs) of just like, it doesn't matter. You know, if we want a child, it all comes down to me. And then to think about like to have one baby, I would, I would have to be pregnant collectively for 16 months. It's not just nine months. Yeah. It well, to to if you're lucky. So after that happened, I yeah, I was like you text I had you text like everyone that knew. I was like Lauren doesn't want to be texted at all. I didn't want what do you say when people say I'm so sorry? What do you say? Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's not okay. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to pretend that it didn't happen. Uh, I just didn't want everybody's consult condolences. Yeah. It was was interesting, I think, because the first time we went through it, you said, like, why doesn't anybody talk about this? And then the second time you were you were that, you know, it's like you didn't want to talk about it. You didn't want to have those conversations with the friends. And it's like, now we get it. You know, that's why. But yeah. And it made me so resentful and so bitter that I was like, this isn't a good headspace to like immediately start trying again. Yeah. Like, I can't, this is wrong. This is not the way to, into motherhood, into parenthood. Yeah. So we took a long time off from trying again. Yep. I wanted, like, I honestly, I wanted to go, like, I wanted to get my life back for a few months Mm -hmm. where I could drink and have fun and not be tired and not be nauseous. 
Like I wanted to have fun again um, before putting myself through that again. Yeah. So we took a long time off. And then when... And had had conversations on, do we really want to do this again? You know, like, you know, we did the genetic testing to confirm that, like, truly those events were not related. We weren't more predisposed to to have genetic issues again. So that was, like, comforting, Mm -hmm. knowing that we just got really, really unlucky two times in a row. Yeah. Um, So I think after doing all that testing... Like confirm that okay, we if we want to, we can try again, and like we're not statistically higher likely to to have another miscarriage. Yeah. Um, but it was like okay, if we do do this again, like you know, <laughs> you don't. How you, many times does lightning gonna, strike? Yeah, exactly. How many times are we gonna put ourselves through this before we essentially give up? Yeah. So I think taking the time off was good, not to like not take time to forget about it, but to like get back to normal. Like you said, get our life back to normal a little bit, travel, have fun, enjoy ourselves. Um, and then that led us to like January of this year, right? Kind of October. So we we had taken so much time off, like basically it was, it had been a year since we had to track ovulation. And again, I should have been tracking my ovulation in the off season, but I didn't. So when we went back to tracking ovulation, I completely forgot that my <laughs> ovulation cycle was like four days later than most statistics. And so once again, we were trying outside of the window and we tried like two or three times and I was like, I'm not even getting confirmation that I'm ovulating. This must be a fertility issue now. And I called to make an appointment with fertility. I wanted, I was like, let's figure out what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I couldn't get an appointment for two months. I was like, that's really annoying. Not great for my schedule. (laughs) Um, I was like, I was ready to just, you know, it's like when you decide to make it happen, you want it, you don't want to wait around again. Right. And so I made the appointment and like a week or two before the appointment, I found out, we found out that we were pregnant. Well, and we we realized that we were tracking wrong. Oh, yeah. So I finally, yeah, basically just kept testing the ovulation strips. I was like, I'm just going to keep going. Let's just see what happens. And it was like, then I finally got a confirmation four days after we thought the window was. And I was like, and then I went back through my old history and and I was like, well, lo and behold, the last two times I got pregnant... It was, it happened, I ovulated on day like 17 or 18. <laughs> I was like, how did I forget that? Should that was an important detail to forget. I should have written notes to myself. You yeah. just don't think you need that information anymore. Once yeah. You- well, I think now if we, if we ever decide to have another child, we will know. One thing at a time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could say it was just like beautiful from there on out. But after having like two bad experiences... We, the third one, I had so much anxiety, so much anxiety with the whole time. Yeah. Every appointment, I was just like waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. You know, we did genetic testing again. It was all clear. Didn't matter. Like the doctor, everything looked good. I still was like, I just don't believe it yet. I don't feel like I'm allowed to celebrate yet for the longest time. I think for the first two, it was like, we were excited to go to the doctor's. And, you know, every, every doctor was this new, you know, every milestone. Uh, yeah. It was this, you know, fun milestone. And it felt like the opposite that of that the third time where it was like, we just were dreading going every single time because it was an opportunity for them to tell us that the bad news, bad news. Yeah. And, and so like, I got so much anxiety with like the internet, you know, People online started to guess that I was pregnant because I hadn't posted about alcohol, even though I like pre-recorded some and sprinkled it in and then had you do some. I got anxious every time somebody was like, I think she's, I think she's pregnant. I would like delete those comments because I was, I was like, but what if this doesn't work out? Like, Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like we could celebrate, tell anyone and celebrate yet. Mm -hmm. You know, even at our like. 14 week appointment or one of the later appointments, maybe it was 18. The doctor, I just was like, can you just tell me outright? Am I like, 
what is it? What am are I, we in what, the clear here? Are we, am I allowed to celebrate this yet? Like nobody's really, everyone just keeps saying everything looks good, but nobody has said, Hey, based on your history, you can take a breath now. Mm-hmm. And she finally was like, Oh yeah, let's talk about it. Let's go through it. All of your tests are clear. Everything looks good. You should tell friends and family, like there is no reason for you not to be celebrating. Um, right now and it was just like it needed a doctor to like actually she's a midwife so it was like she's the one who's been the most like gentle with us and so then we finally like are we're like okay we can tell people Mm -hmm. so we waited till like 18 weeks most people start telling people at 12 and we waited till 18 and it just even then it was like it felt i wish i could say like it it felt like a big relief to tell everyone immediately, but it took still in the back of your mind. It did for, for a few weeks. Yeah. And that's why like hiding it with alcohol from so many people, friends gave me so much anxiety and so many waiters messing it up at restaurants because I was just like, thank you. You just ruined this. Now I, I was just already anticipating like telling, having people figure out that I was pregnant and then having to deal with the, anxiety of them finding out that we lost another pregnancy and so there's just it's just like so much I just had so much anxiety with like feeling like people were talking about me mm-hmm. so like it's like even though we had this third pregnancy where we were all the signs were that everything was going well and healthy like still had so much like anxiety and like couldn't celebrate for the longest time yeah <sighs> all of that said it we did i probably hit like maybe 20 weeks and i felt the baby kick and i was like it i like started to feel like it was real and that it was not going anywhere and that we were in the clear Mm -hmm. and then also yeah telling everybody then at that point i feel like there was a huge weight lifted yeah Became fun. So now it's been, you know, I've had a great pregnancy other than the first trimester being so incapacitated, which was actually probably for the best because then I didn't want to be around people and <laughs> didn't have to lie to people. Physically couldn't anyways. Um, But that also took a toll on me because I like couldn't make videos mm-hmm. and making videos makes me happy. And then I just couldn't. So... Um, getting back to like being honest with people and then getting to make videos and people caring about our pregnancy, like all of those things made me a lot happier. And and then the second trimester was like glorious Mm -hmm. and golden and it's been a very like good pregnancy so far Mm -hmm. after, you know, 18 weeks of misery, anxiety. And two miscarriages. And yeah, two losses. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, wa- I like, decided to talk about this, even though I knew, like, how hard this would be, I, I didn't want to talk about it, like, as soon as we announced we were pregnant. I was like, this is just, I am still, like, just coming off of three, 18 weeks of being anxious about this. I'm not ready to, like, just be negative. I need, mm-hmm. and so, ha- honestly, having such a, a beautiful pregnancy the last, this whole second trimester was it's been so good that now I feel like I can talk about the hard part. Um, and I really wanted to talk about it be- partially because I was getting so many questions of people asking, you know, people telling me that they, they were on their trying to conceive journey and it wasn't going well. And, and I just remember, you know, after those first two losses, people would post on social media that they were pregnant and then I, my brain would go, would, would just immediately get jealous and assume that it was easy. Mm-hmm. That that was just like, wow, they just got pregnant just right. like that. No, they don't have any trauma. Um, but of so course, I, that's not true that, you know, you you never no one know. posts the negative stuff on social media. So it's so like. You just, you really don't know what anyone's going through. And I, right. I just wanted to like, I wanted to talk about it so that people didn't feel like when they look at us and they look at our podcasts and they look at our videos, it's. Like, oh, well, it was so easy for them. 
-hmm. Why isn't it easy for me? I just didn't Mm -hmm. want people to just compare themselves to me because I know how much it sucks to compare yourself to other people when you're, when you're struggling to get pregnant. Yeah. Or stay pregnant. So it's a lot. It was very hard for you. Also probably like the hormones don't make it any easier. (laughs) Blame it on the baby. Yeah, I just don't want people like comparing themselves to others because it's not going to help. Nothing mm-hmm. helps. Anyway, do you have any? What was your experience like that you want to add? I think for me, the first loss, you know, everyone was like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Everyone was, you know, very, they seemed more upset than I was. For me, I just, I guess for me, like even emotionally, I just like was not attached yet. And so it was like, oh, that's just science, you know. Sometimes that happens. Um, And so obviously it took a physical and emotional toll on you. um, And it sucks that I can't do anything to to help that. Um, The second one, obviously, because it was more, we were further along, definitely hurt more. Um. But I think, you know, it, it affects women so much more just because it's, it's inside of you, you know, where it's like I'm I'm trying from the outside um, and, you know, I'm really excited to have this baby and, you know, but it's still not inside of me. Um, and so the book I'm reading is like men are always like a, a trimester behind the woman. Um, and so I think the, the first one was like I just wasn't even like, it didn't feel any different, you know? So the second one was, was harder for sure. Um, and I, you know, I was willing, more willing to talk about it and everything, but again, it's like, it's not affecting me physically and like, it's just affecting me in a different way. And and maybe it's just how we process things as well. The important thing is, you know, people only post the good stuff on social media. No one posts the bad stuff. And so whether it's pregnancy related or other things, it's like, it's so hard to, you know, compare yourself to people because you have no idea what else is going on in their life. Yeah. And hey, maybe everything is positive. Great. But for the most part, for most people, that's probably not the case. I'm just excited that we finally got one. Yeah. She's, she's going to be active. <laughs> <laughs> Based on her kicking. Yeah. And two, like we waited so long to learn the gender that I really feel like in the last four weeks... You know, they say if you don't, I never thought I had maternal instincts. I still don't really think that I have maternal instincts. But they say like, oh, well, once you have a baby, like you're, you're going to be one of those people. And I was like, I don't see that happening. And then like, honestly, finding out the gender, like, I think that's why I was so emotional at the gender reveal was like, that made it so much more real. It's like every milestone in the, in, in the pregnancy is like another hurdle that Uh we crossed and like finding out that it's a she just like it's like we're we're not having a baby we're having a daughter Mm -hmm. got a lot more real at that point yeah yeah that video was so hard for me to edit uh i was just so emotional watching it over and over but um since finding out the gender it has become so much more real i feel Especially with how much she kicks. Like, I just feel so much more, like, nurturing now. Uh Hey, you'll maybe even be comfortable holding the baby. (laughs) Yeah. I want to end this positively. Co-positively. Co-positively. So, what are, like, some of the most surprising things about this pregnancy? For me, like, what has been surprising is how, like attached and nurturing i'm just like not a nurturing person usually and Mm -hmm. i think even with you i feel like i've been more nurturing and also surprising is like how much i really enjoy you taking care of me Mm -hmm. like you doing the dishes and you just it like making my bagel before i get out of bed like all you make my coffee you make like all these things i really enjoy being taken care of as someone who was so independent Mm -hmm. like I really enjoyed being nurtured while I'm nurturing, you know? Yeah. That was surprising for me. I mean, I'm also surprised at how much all the maternity things cost. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What surprised me is how much money you have to spend before the baby's even born on all the crap that babies need, which, like, I, I knew that they need all those things, and all those things obviously cost money. It's just 
it's been shocking to me. The it does feel like there's a markup. Yeah. It feels like suddenly everything has a baby markup mm-hmm. that it shouldn't cost this much, but it does because it they know people will spend. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's because it's like everyone wants to spend whatever it takes to have the best for their child, right? Right. And so it's like half the time, is it expensive because it's good or right. is it expensive because they think people will pay for it? Guilty. Yeah. Because <laughs> they think everyone wants, it's not necessarily you want what's best for your child, but you also want, I think, like what's going to make this process, what's going to make your life easier. So mm-hmm. it feels like if you buy the more expensive stroller that means it's going to be lighter that means it's going to be easier to get into your trunk that means the baby's going to love it your life will be easier if you spend mm-hmm. more money on that and that's definitely not necessarily the case you know it's like why is a baby bouncer two hundred dollars <laughs> baby bjorn i'm looking at you i registered for it it's on my registry why are you two hundred dollars <laughs> why why is the diaper bag that i have two hundred dollars I don't understand, but I can't stop. <laughs> I think the other thing that's surprising to me is is how interested people are in pregnancy. And, you know, our pregnancy, but just pregnancy in general. Um, I think for me, I, admittedly, I didn't really care. Yeah. when, Like, you know, people are like, you know, I've gotten messages from people that I haven't talked to in a long time congratulating me and everything. And I was just like, wow, that's really nice. And I think now I find myself doing that for people um, when I find out they're pregnant. But like most of my life, it was like, oh, you're pregnant, like on purpose. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was. That is such a thing that you say in your like 20s. That's yeah. a joke that you make in your 20s. Yeah. And I carried, the- I carried that into my 30s um, <laughs> and just, you know, I was happy for people, obviously. But I'm like, that's just not where I'm in my life. So like, I just, I know that people want kids and you should be happy for people who have kids. But like, it never was this like overwhelming joyous sensation i was i agree i'm also surprised at how interested people are in our pregnancy uh because yeah i don't think unless it was like really close friends of mine where i would ask them hundreds of questions knowing that in a few years i'd be having a baby too Mm -hmm. like all that stuff fascinates me other than like my close close friends if I find out someone was pregnant and just like, congrats, didn't even think to be like, how are you feeling? And on the end, the internet's response to like every video we post that has to do with the pregnancy, like people love babies. And I, I, I had no idea. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's been awesome. It's, it's, it's been, been over, great. It's yeah. been overwhelming. It's been overwhelming. I find myself like paying it forward because yeah. it's like, oh, that felt really good when people did that for me. Yeah. Um, I want to do that for people not to. So I guess it's like once you go through it, you know, yeah. you sort of like experience it, you know, you know, the ups and downs that happen. And so you want to like support people. Yeah. I think the other funny thing is how many people try to get rid of all their baby stuff. Oh my gosh. And dump it on <laughs> us. <laughs> and they're like, we have so much crap. You know, blah, blah, I hate it so much. Do you want it? Yeah. Like you're not selling it well. <laughs> but again, overwhelming generosity. You know, people are, are very generous and want to give us things, but it's, yeah. it's hilarious. Or it's like, we're not goodwill. We're right. <laughs> Yeah, one of your friends, one of our friends wanted to give me her maternity clothes. She is like 100 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, Carla, they're not going to fit. What? Go <laughs> donate them. Like, I guess you can bring them to me and then I'll donate them for you. But yeah. <laughs> like, we can't share maternity clothes. We can't even share regular clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the thought that counts. Of course. There are some friends that I'm very excited to get their baby shit. Mm-hmm. Like, give me it. Yeah. I'm also just getting all sorts of ads on Instagram and, and social media now for cute baby clothes. Yeah. I'm just like, and I, so there's this one, it's like a little Detroit Tigers, like tutu and I love it. I'm eating it all up. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'd never thought that I would care about baby girls clothes. This will be really interesting. It's not a struggle that I ever thought we would face is like, okay, you care about fashion, right? Yeah. So do I, I like cute clothes. You like cool clothes. We both have to agree on like styling our child. I know. We're there's there's gonna be some fights. Well we have to figure out what her style is. Yeah, I think until she just can. You follow my lead and <laughs> we'll go from there. I don't think so. <laughs> I did not carry this baby <laughs> to have you get to dress her first. We'll let the internet decide. No, we won't. <laughs> this is not we are not crowdsourcing <laughs> this one. You do your, like, help me pick out a dress. We'll do, like, 
<laughs> help us pick out That's the baby cute. clothes. Sure. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do a help us choose an outfit for the baby to leave the hospital. Yeah. I've gotten, you know, a lot of people will say, don't, you know, don't waste your money on baby clothes. They're never going to wear them in the first few months or whatever. And I'm like, you don't understand. This is the most exciting part of the registry. All I care about are the cute baby clothes. Yeah. I'm buying the onesies. I'm not buying like, yeah, it looks probably like socks or maybe a waist for a newborn Mm -hmm. or like, I'm not buying pants. I'm not buying two pieces, but there are so many cute baby onesies, especially coming into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't care what anyone says. No one, all the advice about not buying kids clothes for their newborn is falling on deaf ears because it makes me so happy. (laughs) These baby clothes, these newborn clothes are so cute. Even if she just wears it for a photo. And poops immediately (laughs) on it. I don't care. I want to open it. I want to put her in it. Don't care. I'm so excited about the clothes because everything else in the registry is so boring. Baby wipes and yeah, changing just, tables and yeah, bottles, oh, pacifiers. Ugh. So the clothes are what give me joy. <laughs> Let me have it. Okay. All right, you get month one. I get month two. We just alternate <laughs> months. It'll be very interesting to see what style she like rebels with <laughs> after mm-hmm. her parents dressed her in crazy stuff for a few years. Yeah. Or like, you know, once she wants to pick out her own clothes, mm-hmm. what direction she goes. If she decides to be very girly, I'm going to let her. But it's going to hurt me. <laughs> if she's like, I want to wear baby pink and I want frills, I'm going to be like, fine. <laughs> you sure? But okay, fine. <laughs> Hurts you a little inside. Yeah. If she wants to play with a kitchen set, I'm going to, it's going to hurt. I'm like, what about this? play computer how about that no i think i really want i think i need to be in the kitchen mom i'm gonna be like i didn't we didn't go through years of this for you to get a a kitchen playset. but if she wants it i'm not gonna not yeah it's not playing kitchen she's playing head chef or something that's cute yeah and yeah. she starts throwing knives <laughs> like oh it's got serious this was an emotional episode you know, not our usual format, mm-hmm. but I think it's important. Yep. I look forward to the next episode that we can film where we can go back to just, I can make fun of you for mispronouncing words. <laughs> Booey. <laughs> so many people were like, I don't, I, Sean has made me think that I don't know how to pronounce the word anymore. <laughs> I'm never living that one down. Pregnancy brain affects both of us. Next week, we'll be back to fun, outrageous stuff. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your comments and suggestions every week. If you have any for the next, feel free to drop those in YouTube comments or on Spotify suggestion box. Um, DM us on Instagram. DM us on the Kapower Hour Instagram. Sean's supposed to have a bot that talks back to you. We're not sure if it's working yet. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect it's not. We'll be back next week with something much more fun thanks for listening thanks for caring yeah appreciate the support makes us feel good we are kapow out you need some pizza kapizza kapizza let's get some kapizza <laughs> okay. okay that made me really happy bye